Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rich Eisen Show. This needs no introduction. He's way too inconsistent this year. Shotgun snap is back to Mayfield. He fires to the right, pass is intercepted. Tucker has it. I think he let him play out his fifth year, which is unfortunate for him, but this was a step back season. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. What do you do if you're the Cleveland Browns? Earlier on the show, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Still to come, NFL Network analyst. Daniel Jeremiah, Fox Sports College Football Analyst, Bruce Feldman, and now, it's Rich Eisen. Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air, everybody. Daniel Jeremiah, one of my favorites that I've been uh, working with for quite some time uh, at the NFL Network, NFL Media Group. He is also a radio voice of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, he will join us in about 20 minutes' time right here on the program. Um, and uh, it, it'll be uh, a lot of fun catching up with him. And um, we'll see if um, uh, he still believes Kenny Pickett will not be a top-five pick uh, in the NFL draft, as Chris Brockman uh, says he will. Well, um, and T.J. Jefferson trouble. says he won't. Right now? Come on. Right, right now? now? Oh, yeah. Right now? The snapshot moment right now? I'd say uh, you are sitting pretty, sir. Well, you know. You are sitting pretty. Hold on. Let's, I, gotta, I know wait, some wait, uh, You are sitting pretty. Sitting pretty. Big time Chargers versus Raiders game coming up. Big time Chargers versus Raiders game coming up to wrap up week number 18. Latest mock draft. Kenny Pickett number five. <laughs> to who? The Giants? <laughs> to the Giants. Are the Giants fifth right now? Giants are fifth right now. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. Come on, TJ. I'm I don't just, know about that one, brother. I know some stuff. I don't know about that one. No, uh, guy, guy on our YouTube page said TJ talks a lot and doesn't say anything. You're wrong, bro. I'm telling you about this Kenny Pickett thing. Right. You you are you are a quiet assassin. It's basically hey, what that you. is saying right there. You know, you know, I'm like a big game hunter. Hey, everybody, <laughs> guess who has just in the last 20 minutes been designated to return to the National Football League's active roster of Michael Parsons that has a chance to beat no. Has a chance to be a Super Bowl champion. Guess who that person is, everybody? His name is Derrick Henry. Oh. Yes, indeed. Derrick Henry officially designated to return from injured reserve. The diminisher is back. Man. He is going to practice some. He will not play this week against the Houston no, Texans. No, they could no, beat the Houston not. Texans, these Tennessee Titans. One would think without Derrick Henry, even though they did not earlier this year. One believes that they should be able to take care of this business and make sure that they get the following week off. So Derrick Henry would be ready for, say, the Chargers or the Raiders or the Colts again. That would be something, wouldn't it? In a divisional playoff weekend, maybe it could be the Bills coming to town, could be the Patriots coming to town, right? Could be. Most likely not the Chiefs, because the Chiefs will probably have one more home game themselves, or the Bengals could be coming to town, or the Bengals would have another home game themselves. I don't know. You never know. The top-seeded Titans getting Derrick Henry back for the playoffs changes the dynamic, does it not? Oh, boy. Oh, man. That would make a very, very... Strong case for the Tennessee Titans to come through the AFC with Derrick Henry back looking like the diminisher. A.J. Brown back looking like he did, say, against the 49ers. 
All I got to get is like, what, two, three catches out of Julio Jones? <laughs> Just give me something. Give me something. Something. And then when Henry's out, they got this kid Foreman now to pick up some serious slack. So Henry doesn't have to run it 30 times a game. He doesn't have to touch it 40 times a game, although the temptation would be there. Big news right there. Big news right there. Just putting that in the mind's eye for everybody. Okay. So um, our friend Bruce Feldman from Fox, The Athletic, uh, he hit me up, I think, just as soon as he posted it. Hey, got an article that's just up. Uh, here it is. Oh, he sent it to you? He did. I didn't see it. He sent it to me. He sent it to me. Bruce Feldman writing a story that his sources are telling him that Jim Harbaugh is uh, seriously considering a return in the NFL. The question is, is the NFL seriously considering a return for Harbaugh to come back? Or is this a money play? Obviously, having seen the season that we've just seen and having been the guy here at this desk over and over and over again, having to answer questions from people who call into the show or Brockman who loves to place there in front of me like, are you really going to stand for this stuff with your guy? Even though my guy, as you know, is my guy. And he was your guy for a weekend when I was the honorary captain. He was His choice for honorary captain. How great was he to you? He was great to us. And me. It was awesome. He was great to you. He's great to my buddy Paul, who was he also mission great. He let us run out on the field, through the tunnel, yes, he did. jump up and slap the banner at a real game. Also, was eat Mark with there? the team. Also, be there for movie night. Movie night. Everything that the team did, we did. We were there. Except... He wouldn't allow you and Paul to ride on the first bus, which was great. No, I rode <laughs> also, on the You had to ride on the last bus. Like last you bus, were literally like four-string punters. On the last bus. It's probably the bus he would have been on if he was on but the team, that's, though, right? That's, that's, <laughs> that's fine. You got to have pecking orders, right? It was really fun. You didn't take Murph on this trip with you? No way. <laughs> He's a Wisconsin guy. He, like, I was he, calls, he calls Harbaugh Mr. Khaki Pants. Oh, okay. And he loves, he was texting me, he was texting me the other day about how bad Michigan lost and looked. And I'm like, yeah, you got me, man. We only waxed Wisconsin on the way to the Big Ten Championship. And you beat a fifth place Pac-12 team in the Las Vegas Bowl. And we lost to maybe the eventual national, national champs in embarrassing fashion. You got me. <laughs> Man, Copa, Uncle, please don't say any more Wisconsin Badger fans. Free Murph. Look, Harbaugh, clearly I want him to stay. And if it's a money plate, kudos to him, man. Because the school basically said, you're out of options here, Jim. And you want to stay, here's here's the pay cut, and we'll give you incentives, which he then took and gave back to the school. So if this is a money play, great. And if he wants to go back to the NFL, then you know what? If that's what makes him happy, I would be all for it. Clearly, I'd be sitting there thinking, who's next? Who, do, who can we get? Nobody who's played for the school and nobody who understands the school as well as he does. You know, nobody can replace him on that front. Honestly, that's the way I looked at it. I'm not sitting here thinking, who the hell is he? I'll never do that. I mean, he's in a spot where clearly he is loved and beloved, and if he wants to get more money from the school out of this, then great. But I, 
this has been an annual thing, guys. You know, I've got my ear to the ground. This has been an annual thing where he has been kicking tires on the NFL. Or rumors are out there, placed out there, that he may be gone. I mean, there's everything is afoot here with transfer portals and NIL deals and recruiting and what have you. But if this is true and he's looking at the NFL again, part of that may be, and I, I got to be honest, how I, I mean, I'll, I'll shoot everybody straight here. Is it possible he looked out on that field in the Orange Bowl and goes, wow, that's a, that, that, that's, that's a lot of five stars out there. This is the best team I've ever had here, and we weren't even close in this game. Well, that gap, as you know, can be closed. I mean, you can't can say be. it can't be, but can you be. have to also sit there and say that's a long way to go. Yeah. That's a long way to go, and you know what? I just hit that recruiting trail. I'm going to have to hit it again and again and again. And, you know, I got my people that I could put together for an NFL team, and maybe I want to go to Chicago. I saw Justin Fields up close. I know what I could do there. I do, I do love living in the Midwest. I can go to Chicago, potentially. Let's see how it plays out in the next week. I, I I wouldn't blame him. I wouldn't blame him. There's no provost in Chicago. <laughs> you know? There's no school president in Chicago. There's a McCaskey family we knows. Denver. Would you want to go there? I don't know. Carolina. Would you want to go there? Leave Michigan to go to Carolina for uh, uh, an owner he doesn't know in a spot where there's no quarterback? With all due respect to those who are there. That one would kind of leave me like, really? I guess he wants to go back to the NFL. But I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not here for the trolling, and I'm not here for anything other than the fact if he needs more money, or what well, not needs, if he wants more money, he should get it back. What he just did in this last year, this is what we wanted out of him from seven years ago all the way to this point. We got it. It was incredible. It was amazing. I'd like to see it again and again and again. And the next step we just saw firsthand what the next step is, and hopefully we'll be better at it the next time if he stays. And if not, then we'll find somebody else who puts on that skinny M hat, but it won't be one of the, it won't be the quarterback of my, my freshman year, that's for sure. So, hoping it's not true. Would love for him to stay. Hoping it's a money play. If that's the case, then let's pony up. You know? I'll pop in... Uh, you gonna donate? I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, the alumni club sends me stuff every now and then. GoFundMe for. I don't know, uh, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh. needs that. I don't know if the school needs that. I don't think so. I don't think so. But you know, uh, I, I I see it and uh, and and I think to myself, you know what? It's all about the team, the team, the team, and the school, the school, the school, and someone else will take the job if that's the case. It won't be Jim, and it won't have the same aspect to it. He didn't but, sound like a guy wanting to leave uh, immediately after the game when he was talking I about, know that. you know, we're building something here, you know. Yeah, and, but if there's an NFL program that's got a quarterback that he likes and will allow him to bring the, the grocery shopper that he would bring, if they allow him to set up shop there mm-hmm. in the manner in which he wants to have shop set up, you know, opposite potentially of whatever he had in San Francisco, then try it again. But he would also, you know, 
not live in Ann Arbor where he, went, where he grew up. I mean, it's a whole different ball of wax. I, I don't know. Hoping it's a money play, but we'll talk to uh, Bruce Feldman about it. Was that what you thought I was going to say here? Or what, what, what were you think I was going to say? Please tell me. I want to know what you thought I was going to say. I thought you were going to basically get on your knees and beg him to stay. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> I, I did that once. Well, you, you got him to your school. Well, I mean, I'm glad that happened. But And, and the last seven years have been um, generally successful. But ultimately, this year was the outlier. Right. And well, this is what I hoped the first several years would be like. Well, you never beat Ohio State, Chris. I know, but your first year, his first year was really good. Of course it was. And yeah. so was the second. Yeah. But still, no wins against Ohio State. True. You know, even though there was ridiculous fourth down measurement, you know. and uh, He got the first And Big down. Ten refs who were slapping Ohio State players on the ass and that stuff. Is, no, <laughs> stop it. You need to get over that. Scott in San Antonio, you're on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Scott? <laughs> Rich, I, a couple quick points on Harbaugh. Number one, I don't think it's about the money, and I think he made his decision before that playoff game. Huh. Recall, he, he did an interview, pregame interview. Harbaugh never does that. And have you ever seen Jim Harbaugh so relaxed, smiling, and actually happy? Well, I, mean, I think he was closing the book. I don't know chapter. about that, man. I, I, I just think, you know – he, I think he kind of likes Marty Smith. That's the way I've, I looked at it. Who doesn't? No, I, I, honestly, <laughs> yeah. like he does. You're correct, but he doesn't do a lot of what he did, like talking to Marty Smith, and you know, and um, like he did before the game and at halftime and afterwards and stuff like that. He just doesn't usually do that. I don't know uh, I, that he was at peace. I think he was at peace that yeah. he made that he's the only coach in the history of the NFL to coach in a Super Bowl in a college football playoff game. He's the only coach in the history of college football playoff to take an unranked team to the college football playoff. He won the Big Ten championship just like he was always trying to do. He did beat Ohio State. He he, he sat behind the third baseman uh, at, at the uh, at, at the Heisman Trophy awards, you know, um, while his guy got more votes than 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 the third baseman's quarterback. You know, I mean. That 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 could absolutely make a guy smile and feel like he's at peace. He probably also saw the film and thought that his team was going to win that day, and then looked out there and thanks for the call and looked out there and then saw how much stouter and faster, you know, Georgia was than his team, and he had he had some of the best players and skill position players. He had some of the skill position players running away from people this year. I hadn't seen that at Michigan with multiple players at multiple positions in the last seven years. One last thing while I'm on the subject matter. Uh, I saw a uh, mock draft for 2022. Just, you know, take a look at it. Same one that I just saw? To see him, no, no. Oh. Seeing where Hutchinson would wind up. Oh. Because, again, four downs, it's coming up in hour three now. Um, I, I, I just wanted to see if my sense of my fourth down hot take in a way was spot on or close to being right on. So I just looked at a few mock drafts. I saw one multiple mock drafts having the Jets with their second first rounder, which is top seven, taking that kid Dean from Georgia. Oh, and I'm nice. like Oh yes. There was that guy. Nicobe Dude Kobe Dean. Let me tell you about Nicobe Dean. Over that hold on a second, hold on a second. Yes. Michigan 
on in the Orange Bowl. We're running plays to get guys out in space on the edge, just like they've been doing all year long. And they were very successful all year long. And they had it blocked up. And that game on New Year's Eve, they had these plays blocked up until this kid, Dean, came running in and blew it up for loss. Not just for no gain, for loss. And he would be coming. If there was one shot, they showed him coming from the other side of the field where he had diagnosed it, saw it was coming, and blew it up. Holy cow. And he's behind those big old hosses, including our first Gorilla Glue winner in uh, Jordan, da- Jordan, Jordan Davis. Davis. Who will also be a first-round pick. Well, <laughs> I would have the Jets take him with their first one and Dean with the second one. <laughs> Yo, why not? And wrap it up. Yeah. And wrap it. And the Jets already have a good D. Eh, they don't. They've been terrible on the defensive side of the ball. They started I mean, playing well over the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, they had the Bucks in check for 40, you know, until they, minutes. Until Tom had 93 <laughs> yards to go. You know. But that kid, Dean. Oh, yes. Please. Like Roquan yeah, Smith, right, bro? Exactly. Churning them out. Getting in line. Yeah. We'll take a break. Daniel Jeremiah will join us next. We'll talk a little bit of prospecting, but also this big game, Chargers-Raiders. Move the sticks when we come back on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed hey folks it's time for the nfl draft which means for me I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Do you have a left-handed mug, too? Uh, or they just nicely done. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Uh, he is my buddy from the NFL Media Group. He will be in Las Vegas, Nevada, calling the action for the Los Angeles Chargers radio network locally here, um, as he does every single week. 
and uh, he's at Move the Sticks on uh, Twitter. And, uh, and he and Bucky Brooks have a terrific podcast for the NFL Media Group. He is my friend Daniel Jeremiah. How are you doing, DJ? I'm doing great, Rich. I, I got to tell you, I missed uh, I missed last week's game, as, as uh, a lot of people have, have had the same thing I did. I had a little bout with COVID last week. It was super easy. I fortunately didn't have any symptoms, so I was, I was fine. But I did miss the Charger game, and I did get a text message from Chargers General Manager Tom Telesco, I believe yesterday, which said, hope you're feeling better. Uh, you better get ready. We've got Musburger this week. So it's Musburger week for you. Jackpot, baby. Yeah. yeah I, I, look, I feel like if this came, if it got physical up there, I feel like Matt Money Smith's got a, got a pretty good shot with Musburger. <laughs> I could be in trouble with Lincoln Kennedy, though. So that, that yeah. might not end well. Dude, you never heard of Jimmy the Greek? Come on. You don't want a piece of Brent. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. It's history. This man has history. You don't want a piece of Brent. Nobody wants a piece of Brent, baby. I, I, I'll tell you what. Maybe I don't want to be looking live. At, at no, you don't. <laughs> nice. Just ask Eminem. You don't even know you're on a piece of Brent ever. <laughs> uh, okay. It looks like Waller's coming back for this game, huh? For the Raiders. That oh, would be going to be fun, man. Right? So break it down yeah, for me. How's this coming for you, do you think? Well, it's going to be a great matchup, man. You go back and look at that first meeting. Um, it kind of was you know, a little bit surprising because coming into that game, the Chargers hadn't stopped the run. Uh, you know, the Raiders, you knew were going to run the ball. And the Chargers, you know, had this high-flying passing attack. Then you get out through the game, and it was a weird game. If you remember, remember there was the delay. Um, they come out in the field, and they got to go back in. It was delayed by an hour. Right. And then the Chargers come out there and run the ball down their throats. I think they ran for almost 170 yards. Austin Eckler had 117 yards, I believe, in that game and really just kind of controlled the line of scrimmage. The Raiders did not run the ball well at all. Um, and then Joey Bosa um, officially graduated uh, Leatherwood from tackle to guard uh, in that game. <laughs> and so that that was just kind of a it was a it was a weird game. And now you look at what the Raiders have done. It's so impressive that they put themselves in this position after all that's gone on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you got to give our buddy Mike a lot of credit. You yep. got to give Versace a lot of credit um, to have them in this position, and they're playing really well. Hunter Renfro's is outstanding. Um, they, uh, you know, they're playing better along the offensive line. Their defensive front's playing really well, and now you get Waller back. So, for mm. my money. Um, mm. Waller and Derwin James is as fun a matchup yep. as, as we get to see yeah. uh, in the NFL. That is right. No question about it. What's what's your evaluation of Herbert here? I mean, I had Brandon Staley on yesterday and tried to ask him about um, you know what he's seen and how he's dealt with his second year. And I know his numbers are terrific, but there are games where Herbert just looks a little bit, to be very honest with you, Daniel, lost. It, it looks like the offense is, is um, inconsistent at times this year for a kid that should be lighting it up uh, even more than he does. I, I don't know if that's fair or not. I, I'll give it to you. You've seen more of Charger football uh, in person than I've heard it on the radio from you. Yeah, well, I mean, look, there's been a couple hiccups. You know, you look at the Ravens game yep. where they just really struggled to move the football. That's Patriots the that game, the Patriots game too. Patriots, the Patriots have you know kind of befuddled the Chargers for two years. Um, in that game, I want to say that they moved the ball pretty well. The Texans game is one um, that I think everybody's just having a tough time figuring that out. When even though you look at all the guys you're missing, the Texans are missing a bunch of guys as well. You can't, you just can't lose that football game. And in that one. They moved it up and down the field. They just could not, you know, finish some early drives and settle for field goals. So, 
you know, I don't think he's had, I mean, gosh, the guy for his second year where he's, where he is and what he's done is, is pretty incredible, but you know, there's been, there's been a couple you'd like to have back. I think that's just normal, you know, kind of growing pains for a young quarterback, but I, I know when he's locked in rich and he's at his best, um, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty special. It's pretty fun to watch. And I, I know this kid, you know, going back to college, think about the Rose bowl, He's been pretty good in those big in those big spots, and this will be the biggest one of his career coming up on Sunday night. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, if the Chargers win it, there is a terrific possibility of Herbert at Burrow for a playoff mm-hmm. game. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, you might get you might get Herbert Mahomes uh, number three, which the first could, two games have been unbelievable. That's true so, too. Um, there's nothing uh, nothing wrong with that. I know it's it's funny when you kind of look at these matchups. And you look at it in first blush, and I think if it if it ended today, I think they would go to Kansas City. And you go, oh man, the Chiefs—that's a tough one. You know, I don't know. You know, how good do you feel about that? Then you go, what's the alternative? Well, you know, Cincinnati. Well, who's hotter than them right now? You got there's no easy one. You know, once you get into this point of the year, so you got to go through all those teams. I think the one team, ironically, um, that the Chargers would would uh, match up the worst against is the Patriots. So I think from their standpoint, the Bills, you know, taking a hold of that division was was good news because if you do get into the tournament, you wouldn't see the Patriots until a little later on. Well, Brockman, TJ, you guys just heard the difference between DJ and Mayock in terms of me having an on-air conversation with these guys <laughs> in terms of evaluating. If I'd... Because clearly uh, I was off the mark in my uh, question about Herbert. Clearly. Mayock would have torn me to pieces. Probably. <laughs> Daniel, you, you, that was a very gentle, very, very gentle velvet way of saying I was wrong, that this, that some, some of the inconsistency is, is, is part of, 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 of an NFL season, and, and, and then you moved on. Um, I appreciate his weeks. response. It's a, it's a long year. I, I, am, uh, I, I use kid gloves, but I'm going to be honest with you. There is a little ulterior motiva- uh, motivation for me because before I came on, I did hear something about a Rich Eisen trucker hat that is yet to be in my possession. Okay. So oh. I'm going to be a gentle. I'm going to be very gentle until okay. those arrive. Yes, here, it's here, yeah. Rich Eisen show logo on the front party in the back is the way we're describing the Rich Eisen show trucker hat. Yeah, that's it. Right okay. there it is up yeah. on the screen for everyone to, to see. And go to richeisenshop.com. I've got my mug, which I... Uh, may or may not have been given. Um, <laughs> you, but, uh, it's okay. As, as, as we say in our promo for richeisenshop.com, it's uh, get the mug that uh, celebrities come on and five-finger discount for themselves. So if you did that, that's entirely fine. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah yeah, no, here. I, I might have landed on Adam Pally, but I, I, that was me. Very good. <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, okay, so um, what's how do we evaluate Trevor Lawrence's first year? Do we? How do how do you how do we, how do we do this right now? I don't know. It's not been good. I mean, um, the the problem is, Rich, to get a fair evaluation of any of these young quarterbacks, um, I I really go back to the three P's. Right? You've got to have the right play caller. You've got to have some protection. And you've got to have some playmakers. He's all for three. He doesn't have any of that support system that you need to be able to, you know, properly evaluate him. So. I don't know what you read into it. I think it's been, what, two touchdown passes since Halloween, uh, which is pretty incredible uh, when you look at the, the talent that he possesses. But they have got a lot of work uh, to do there in the offseason to try and support this kid. I mean, he was, wasn't was just me or you know any of the draft mics that they were high on this kid. The whole league was excited about Trevor Lawrence and, and believes in this kid. But, man, that was a, that was a rough introduction into the NFL. So you can't evaluate him is what you're saying. There's no way to uh, evaluate him because 
And, no. you know, because Urban, uh, and it was such a dumpster fire with him there, and then the cupboard was already bare. And I guess who are the playmakers? Um, you know, Their best offensive they got hurt? playmaker was playing defense and returning kicks for the Detroit Lions. Agnew, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, and they also used a first-round pick on ATN. He got hurt. Right. Yeah. Um, James Robinson. I, I mean, he was he, he was that, the way they handled him this year is a total mystery. Befuddling. OK, so so you can't. So so then ra- after Mac Jones, clearly rank mm-hmm. rank the, the seasons for the rookie quarterback class for me. DJ. Well, you know, I I think it was so up and down for the rest of those guys. It's a little bit hard to slot them in. I'm fired up for Trey Lance, to be honest. I mean, I know. uh he didn't play much, but we just saw the other day. I think you can kind of see the makings of, of what he's going to be. Which like is really what? Exciting. What is that? Give me, give me, give me the two explosive. cents on that. He's going to be. He's going to provide explosive plays in the pass game, and his impact in the run game is not just going to be felt with what he does with the ball in his hands. It's the impact of having to account for him, uh, which is going to help the rest of the guys in the run game. So I, I just think it's a it's a really, really good fit there. And once he kind of gets more comfortable in that system and in that offense, you'll see it open up more. But I thought you saw glimpses of it. I mean, it was explosive plays down the field in the past game. Yeah, you're going to live with some miss, some misfires underneath. Um, but there's going to be a bunch of big plays, and then you're going to sprinkle him in running, and then the impact of him as a runner is going to help uh, with the rest of the run game. So I'm a big believer in Trey Lance. I- I've got to be honest, I thought in watching the tape last week of Zach Wilson, I came away from that as encouraged as I've been, you know, all year long. I think he's starting to slow down a little bit. Um, he's not – he's getting a little bit better protection, which helps. But you're in a game, Rich, where you don't have your – you know, hasn't had a left tackle the whole year. Right. His backup, who's played well, and George Fant goes out early in that game. Your top two running backs are out. Your top three receivers are out. And he's out there, and he's got them in a position to, uh, you know, to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So – I'm excited about him as well. I think this is a huge offseason. They've got a ton of picks. They've got a ton of money. Um, I think they've got a chance finally, hopefully, to get your Jets um, turned around. And then, you know, we go to, you know, talk about unfair evaluations with Fields. I mean, he's in and out of the lineup. Their team's not very good. Uh, you know, you see some flashes of uh, of what he can do there. I'm excited about him. But, again, to rank him is darn near impossible because of the situation these guys are in. I, I'm, I, I, I've got to throw Davis Mills in there, too, right? I mean, the kid oh, is – Oh, yeah. No, Davis Mills has been – Davis Mills has been the second best behind Mac Jones. If you're looking at performance this year, huh. um, when I saw it up close and personal, he, he has played the second best behind Mac Jones. He is very under control. Um, it doesn't look big for him at all. He can he can do everything you want to do, make every throw. Um, to me, I was talking to somebody the other day about Davis. I said, you know what he's going to be? I think he's going to have like a, a Kirk Cousins type career, where I think he'll probably settle in as a you know 13 to 16 you know quarterback in the league, where he can win a lot of games, and you might be looking over his shoulder trying to find the next guy, but it's just hard. You're going to have a hard time finding an upgrade. A few more minutes left with. The- Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen Show. The talent evaluation community that's about to convene in Mobile, Alabama and kick everything off uh, with uh, some, uh, some, some games uh, of some prospects. And then we all know Combine around the corner. What, with your ear to the ground and your connection to this community, was the conversation surrounding Matt Corral's decision to play, Kenny Pickett's decision to not play, their love of football, so on and so forth? Daniel Jeremiah. I, I can tell you, you get, uh, oh, it was really cool that, that Matt Corral, 
was going to play in the game. Follow-up question. Does that impact your evaluation? No. Uh, Kenny Pickett is not playing in the game. Yeah, I wish he would have played. Does that impact your evaluation or opinion of him? No. Um, they're very they're very brief conversations in that regard. These guys have uh, the haze in the barn. They put everything out there um, to evaluate them, and whether they do or don't play in that game really has no no bearing on on where they'll go in the draft. I I go back to that one year where uh, you know Christian McCaffrey didn't play yeah. and still still goes where he goes in the top ten. Didn't impact him in that same game. Solomon Thomas does play, plays his you know, butt off and helped himself and, and launched himself into the top five. So you kind of see the benefits of playing, but I, I don't know that there's really a detriment to not playing. So there's no conversation about love of football? Nothing like that? No. Huh. No. I don't I think that I think that conversation left the room a long time ago. Um, and it sure as heck should have this year when you when you look at what we came off of last year and you look at the best rookies in the NFL and Jamar Chase, Rashawn Slater, and Micah Parsons, who had a whole year of no football, and I think it worked out quite well for those three teams. Yeah, and Lance pretty much had one too, right? With the exception yeah, of one exactly. game. Exactly. So, so no, I, I don't. I think that's. I think that's something that people in the media like to um, uh, lob around and, and think that these these discussions, and then there's these eighty year old scouts in rooms shaking their fists and frustration and. <laughs> Um, I just, you know, I, I don't think that really happened. Well, I mean, you know, I, in a way, you know, when I heard, because, you know, obviously I'm referring to what uh, Kirk Herbstreet and, um, and and Desmond Howard were saying on ESPN prior to the Rose Bowl that caught a lot of fire. I mean, I, I, I totally, and you and I feel similarly sometimes when we hear somebody's not going to spin it at the combine, because that's our mm-hmm. broadcast, right? Like, that's our world, mm-hmm. and we wish they would. But when it all comes down to it, there's no... There's no red flag or evaluation that comes from that, is there? Like, no, either. I mean, I think does that go back? I want to say I'm trying to think back to the first time somebody didn't throw. Was that Andrew Luck? Maybe. I think that could even um, predate that too, DJ. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I don't think did, did Eli throw at the combine. Yeah, you know what? You're, now that I mean, you say that, I, I don't think Eli did. Right. I mean, um, I don't. I don't know so, if he did either. So. No, but I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm anxious instead of instead of us. And not talking about you and me, but you know, obviously, we want to see these guys throw because it's fun and yeah. and uh, it makes for a much better broadcast. But instead of you know the the uh, community kind of complaining about these guys not throwing, why don't we do something on our end to incentivize them to throw? Um, and whether that's a combination of cash and rich eyes and trucker hats, I don't know, but <laughs> yes. there's got to be something we can do. I appreciate you putting putting rich eyes and trucker hats on par with actual cold hard American cash, Daniel. I, I, I appreciate. You should combine that. it with the prices right and have him play plinko or something. Well, I mean, can you can you imagine though how much fun it would be if we said, all right, for each position group, whoever has the fastest forty is well fifty thousand dollars. If well, um, why know, not? I, I mean, yes. come on, Daniel. You know, uh, I'm all for having guys run 40s next to each other. You know, and, I, I, yeah. and I'm I'm all for turning it into a full on competition. But the scouting community wouldn't they blanch at it or no? Who well, they cares? Wouldn't... Who cares? They're going <laughs> to complain. They're going to you know they complain when it when it's spread out over a couple extra days. But to be honest, I mean the Rams less less has kind of set the bar on that one where. They don't really bring many guys to Indy. They sit at home and watch it on TV like the rest That's of That's because they don't have they draft choices anymore, Daniel. Well, there's that. There's that. No, they own the third round. That's, that's, um, that's right. They, uh, but, I mean, look, I, I think teams are not bringing quite as many personnel as they used to there. But let's, let's kind of embrace this thing. I mean, these teams are getting all the GPS numbers on these kids right. from college, so they have a pretty good idea of how fast and how fast they are and all that stuff already. But I just think, man, let's. 
let's blow it out, man. Let's have some fun. So full circle, like uh, Wilson and Olave not playing in the Rose Bowl and Pickett not playing, you know, in the Peach Bowl and Corral playing uh, in the Sugar Bowl and getting hurt. Their evaluations are going to be the same when it comes down to seeing them at the Combine, getting them on a grease board, interviewing them and seeing their pro day. That will not be affected based on what just happened in the bowl season is what you're saying. That that will not. Now, there there might be uh... – they might sit in a room and get an uncomfortable question from a grumpy coach or a grumpy scout, but at the end of the day, the people who are making those decisions and stacking that board, um, that's not going to have any impact whatsoever. Last thing for you, Daniel, the fact that Antonio Brown is still on the Bucks roster, uh, Florio and others are saying is because the Bucks are afraid somebody else might take him and use him against them in a playoff run or maybe even in the Super Bowl. Are, are, are teams, would you really believe an NFL team after the burning of the Steelers, Raiders, Patriots, and now Bucks, um, would would say the fifth time will be different? Well, you just, he's running out of teams. I mean, first of all, I mean, that there's limiting options because he's, he's burned so many of those bridges. I, I don't, I can't imagine at this point in time the teams that are in the tournament are getting ready to be in the tournament. Um, that they want to bring in somebody like that to completely rock the boat of what's been, you know, obviously a successful season if you're getting your way into the playoffs. I just, I cannot imagine that anybody would do that. That would, I would be floored. I would be completely shocked if that were to take place. And has, has a player ever been cut on the sideline that you know of? Like, that just basically like you're done during a game? No, I, a... I was at, uh, I was calling the Chargers Bills game um, when, uh, who was the corner? The corner, he quit at halftime. Uh, for the Bills. Oh, that's right. Uh, Davis. Is that yeah? I, okay, yeah, and he left at halftime. Correct. Left at half. Yeah, we're watching the second half, and I go, uh, I'm looking at money. I'm like, what happened to him? He's not out. He's not out there anymore. I'm like, wow, he must have got hurt, or maybe he's got an upset stomach or something. And then after the game, I ran into. I was down in the tunnel after the game was over, waiting for the bus, and I ran into one of the Bills players that I knew going through the draft process. Was it Vontae Davis? Is that yeah. who it was? Yeah, yeah. Vontae Davis. Mm-hmm. I said, hey just curious like what happened to Vontae Davis he goes oh he quit I go at halftime he goes yeah no he left the stadium at halftime to quit but I, I just like, wow I've never seen that one before. right but at least he just left he didn't take off his uniform and strip down and throw and wave goodbye to the crowd and run you know during a play during a game during a moment you know what I'm saying and and, and it just I, I don't know man it just kind of surprises me or then and then depresses me because it doesn't surprise me that another team might actually take a shot at him after all yeah, of this. I, gosh I would be I, don't, I just can't see it man maybe I, I think Josina came out the other day and said she knows a team that would would be interested in signing him I just I can't imagine how you how you get that up the chain to the to your owner to sign off on that. That just seems crazy to me. Daniel Jeremiah, appreciate the time. Let's chat uh, in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, have a great time right. in Vegas. Say hi to Brent for me. Don't go don't go full <laughs> anchorman in fisticuffs. Okay, just don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, no, I'll bring my anvil. We'll be good. Uh, next time I see you, I'll have a trucker hat for you. <laughs> oh yes, now we're talking. You Thank just got to post it. You got to. You're an influencer. Don't forget. So you know, don't forget. You got influence people. All right, there you go. Daniel Jeremiah, everybody. Round of applause on the Mercedes-Benz van. Hey, buddy. Phone line right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Nice little golf clap for DJ. Can't evaluate Trevor Lawrence. I agree with that. Can't evaluate him. How about that? 
I mean, that is just remarkable. I mean, he let's just get... spend just a couple minutes here. Sure. Think about it. One of the greatest prospects to come into the league, Urban Meyer, comes in from Fox to give an opportunity himself an opportunity in the NFL. And by the end of the year, he's gone, and Lawrence is without evaluation. (laughs) One year in, you cannot evaluate the guy who had the simplest evaluation (laughs) by talent evaluators in maybe NFL draft History of he, recent memory, he at was least. the number one pick after his it freshman season. It was without season. a doubt. Yeah. When he ran away from Ohio State in his first college playoff game, uh-huh. it was over. Over. That's how easy the evaluation was of him to be the best prospect worthy of the number one overall pick since luck and maybe ever. And by the end of his first season, you are not able to evaluate him. That's how bad it was in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and beyond. Yeah. You can't state it any clearer. No. Crazy. What a total, complete failure. And one that I couldn't see coming. I don't think anybody saw coming. The Khan family certainly didn't. Take a break. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. Get ready for Bruce Feldman, whose report that Jim Harbaugh is interested in the NFL. That's coming up in Hour 3. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Show. All the Tostitos, baby. Yeah, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Musburger's done a lot in the NFL. Done a lot. But what he's never done is called a game where both teams take the field wanting to tie each other. <laughs> kneel, kneel. Just kneel, kneel 90 kneel. times each. There's each. Each team does has 90 plays. They're all kneel downs. All the way through to the end of overtime. That's what a lot of people out there are thinking needs to happen between the Chargers and the Raiders. If the Jaguars beat the Colts and the Steelers win. Yes. Because that's the way that both the Raiders and Chargers make the playoffs. Mutually assured ascension. Let's go. As opposed to destruction. 
see, Rich, the, the problem with this, and I want to say this yesterday, I know you bristled a little bit when I brought up the last Boy Scout movie a few weeks ago. You haven't seen it. But if you've seen the last Boy Scout, yes. then you know Billy Cole, who's played by Billy Blanks, the... Uh, Yes. You know, uh, he had a little situation where he got into some things that caused him to do something on the football field. And now we have a team in Vegas and we're saying we should just sit and play for the tie. I think that lends itself to some, you know, some shadiness. So I would hate to see something that happen. It's never going to happen. Like happened in the last Boy Scout. That's Two all things. One, the Jaguars aren't beating the Colts. Two, any given Sunday. Let's just give it any every good Sunday. Two is the two teams have to get together and agree before a game to do the exact opposite of what everyone in that locker room has been <laughs> built and put on the planet to do. True. But because we had Brandon Staley on the show yesterday and because this is what you're all talking about, I stooped. Yes, that's the word for it. Stooped. I took my journalism degree and threw it out the window. <laughs> I actually asked him about this. You asked a question that people wanted to know the answer. That's what I did. That's what you do. I asked him about it. Here is his answer. I think we all respect the game and, and the NFL shield and the integrity of this game far too much to, to you know, be, be complicit in something like that. This game matters too much to too many people, and we want to play our best and um, be proud of the result one way or the other. And so um, I know what we're going to do everything we can to go win this game uh, and play the way we're capable of playing. Um, and I hope that all the fans and everybody that loves the NFL uh, will be proud of the game on Sunday. I appreciate you giving me an answer to the stupidest question I've admittedly ever asked an NFL head coach. <laughs> but this is truly, Brandon Staley, something that so many fans are talking about and I even just said about 10 minutes ago knowing that you're coming on the program that you know how, how would you do something like that what do you you, you what you, you get Telesco hooking up with Mayock and you and Basachi on a zoom and what and then you <laughs> kneel for three and a half hours in front of the country I mean that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of yeah. but I did I do have a coach who's playing this game and I I, I wanted to <laughs> put that in front of you you know, and present yeah, that to Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, for the for the NFL, I think, as you know, you've been in the NFL now um, pretty much your your whole life. I mm -hmm. mean, what makes it so special is the competition and the the, the level of integrity and respect that, that it stands for. And um, certainly that's what we're going to try and live up to this Sunday. So it ain't happening. That's a no from, from Coach. Nonetheless, I did reach out to Fred Gadelli, the longtime producer of Sunday Night Football. Okay. The Emmy Award winner. Multiple, multiple, multiple times. Because I wanted, I wanted to tell Madden stories. Obviously. So he's on tomorrow's show. Oh, great. Uh, how does one produce a game where everyone kneels down for three and a half hours? <laughs> and guess who's now come in to say, sure, he accepted our invitation to appear uh, on the show, and the time he can do it is tomorrow. Collinsworth. They're both oh, on tomorrow. Nice. <laughs> How does one tell a straight and kneel down 90 times? <laughs> it ain't happening, people. But one thing that would be fascinating is if, it is if they, they, they do what they are going to do, which is try to win the football game, and it somehow does go into overtime. And the person who wins the toss, the team that wins the toss, does what they will do, mm -hmm. try to win the game in overtime. Because that's what you do. You but play doesn't, win. doesn't win it. Just kicks the field goal. The other team does what they want to do, which is try to win the game, but realizes there's not enough time to score. You got to take the three and, and tie it. Mm -hmm. 
and the other team gets the ball back with a minute to go, do they try and win it? No. I think they do. Well, why wouldn't they try to win? Because you're running the risk of turning it over and losing. Uh, And then all of a sudden, it's like you had the tie. You're going to make the playoffs. That's the fascinating possibility. We're going down a dangerous path here. It's not (laughs) going to happen because the Jaguars will not beat the Colts. That's the lightning strike in this whole thing. Jim Harbaugh, is he leaving Michigan to go to the pros? Does he want to? Why would he want to? Bruce Feldman has the answers next. 